Hello and welcome once again to the American Scouser podcast, folks. We are back and as per usual, the Reds have given us lots to talk about. Uh, so tonight I have the, the beautiful pleasure, the wonderful pleasure of having my two guests back. I have Parker, I have Tamuchin. Tamuchin, how are you doing? Ah, oh, great, man. Crazy time of year, but hanging in there. Parker, how's it going, mate? Not bad. Glad to have you back, Tamuchin. Yeah, absolutely. Um, our, uh, we're going to go straight into it. I'm going to throw you straight straight under the coals of the, of the hot, hot fires here. You're the American Scouser Warrior. So when you've seen the team sheet, and there was a couple of changes there um, for the game um, since Spurs. Uh, so we had Matt back, Kaida in, and Minamino in. What was your worry level like at the start of the game? <sighs> I don't know, like, about worry level. It was more like one eye or raised kind of deal. <laughs> Especially the Salah. I mean, I thought, because you look at the last game they played where, you know, Jones was amazing. Uh, so you kind of expected him to be out there again. So I thought Keita was kind of like a shock. But you can see, you know, you, you kind of, like, assume people are going to be rested and kind of, like, take that. But I was shocked that Mo was not out there. And, you know, Taki was the choice to go in to that slot. So it was more like a shock. And by the time I was like, let's see how this goes, Taki scored. So I was like, well, it's going well. Yeah, there wasn't yeah. really much time to worry. <laughs> no, there wasn't, yeah. Three it's minutes like... in and the worry started to, to get quelled. But um, it's I a great goal for, for Taki. Taki scored at, was it the three-minute mark? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, like I like... got up, I set my alarm and like got up early, you know, to watch the game. And like the app just got loaded as Taki scored. <laughs> I was like, how has this happened? Like, you know, usually at least if I'm within the first five minutes, I don't miss much, but <laughs> not today. <laughs> yeah. And that's funny. Like one of my, my buddy who the same one that does the VAR stuff, uh, he texted me like, right as it happened about it. And I'm like, I was just bringing up the chat with him to text him about it. So that was funny too. <laughs> I think that's the thing with the early games. I mean, heck, it's 6.30 is pretty done early, obviously, especially yeah. on the weekend. And I know like people in California listening are probably saying spoiled brats because those yeah. guys have to get up at 4.30. <laughs> but, you know, with those games, you know, I kind of like barely wake up to kind of like make the kickoff and stuff like that. So there's not as much time almost like to chew over the lineup, whereas – you know, like a 10 o'clock game, noon game and stuff like that. You know, the lineup comes up. I mean, we chat about it on our Discord channel and the Facebook groups and stuff like that. So there's more time to maybe even like worry and like suggest things and like come up with thoughts. And like I say, by the time you could come up with the thought, the dude had scored. So, and they just started like, I mean, my biggest fear was after a good win, good performance against like Tottenham, we would start kind of slow like we did against Fulham. And it's an away game. Our record in away games this year obviously is not good. That's what I was kind of afraid of. Uh, so to be able to start like that and, you know, like keep going, especially in the beginning, it looked like they had a fun with I know we kind of like, you know, let them get into the game a little bit and, you know, let them get some chances afterwards. But, uh, I mean, they started hot, which was great to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um so yeah, great great goal by Taki. Like uh, I think it's uh, Kleine, our old our old right back, long time ago it seems, um, <laughs> throws in a last ditch tackle on Taki, and he instead of taking a first time, he I think he has two touches and then just finds the bottom corner perfectly. So great way to start the game. Um, and then Palace kind of have like a twenty minute spell where <clears throat> they're they're doing well, they're attacking, you know, they're not doing too bad. Um, I think there's one where Ayu's offside. He kind of catches Fabinho goal side, and he slips on his arse, and and he's through. But it kind of kind of looked offside anyway. Um, and there's a few other chances. Uh, like I said, it was a good spell, good 20 minute spell, and then 35 minute comes around, and it's just a little bit of a little bit hectic right there at the top of the at the top of the box, and Bobby slides in Sadio, which. Bobby's pass seems a wee bit over hit and then Sadio takes this beautiful little touch and like off his standing back foot kind of nutmegs himself and puts it on to his fa favorite right foot foot on on looking at goal you know back to goal 
turns in one swift file motion and another another goal bang bottom left corner it's beautiful like that's <laughs> what a way to start like even after the pressure that palace had that we can just capitalize at that the drop of a hat um was fantastic and sadio's that epitomizes him you know he's always on on the press always on the attack and and i really epitomized our, our front three our front three even though minamino was um replacing salah uh, I mean, in that like second goal, like where Mane kicked, it almost looks like Taki could be kicking that one too. They're both like looking at the ball, but that kind of shows how quick Mane was. Because by the time you know, like Taki, it's not like they got in there each other's way. Because like Mane was so fast that like kind of like swing the foot at that thing, and I think that's what caught everybody off guard too. That quick motion to be able to like put it in the corner, but. Yeah, I think that's – I was slightly getting worried where we were giving a lot of chances. The one that they had a two-on-one, Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of, like, pass, bad pass you see on FIFA, and you're like, man, the game is against me. <laughs> when yeah. they couldn't score and, like, <laughs> drops it back, lovely little cutback, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I was I – was, that's what, you know, like, starting to get worried about, you know, like, man, we're letting them in the game. It's kind of like a matter of time before they get another opportunity, but – Man, it was one of those games where it almost like when we got the chance, we capitalized. And it was due. And unfortunately, Crystal Palace for them had to be the ones to kind of like face that. <laughs> and um, and Parker, so Sadio's celebration. I don't know if you've seen all the stuff. Yeah, on I saw that. That's, that was that's beautiful, really cool. wasn't it? That, um, so for anybody that hasn't seen it, it's a, it's a, a super fan in Liverpool. And he... Um, uh, a young lad called Lee Swan, the King of Dingle, and he works at uh, a volunteer for the Flory. It's called the the Florence Institute, and so they're they're giving away food and all sorts of stuff at this time of year. And um, so yeah, they they had a FaceTime call with uh, Sadio Mane. Imagine that super fan meets the best player in the world, and then he copies your celebration for your for your granddad. You know that's just brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, I'd, I'd, if I were him, I'd be losing my mind. Unreal. And um, that was Sadio's first goal in nine matches, lads. That's his uh, longest LFC drought for goals, is nine games. So, huh. Yeah, because we're, we're just it talking. Feel like it. Does yeah. it? I mean, no, it I know they kept talking about it, but it just didn't feel like it because he has played well. It's not like, you know... And I don't remember him missing a lot of, you know, clear-cut chances, one-on-ones and stuff like that. Maybe that's why. But, yeah, I mean, they kept talking about a seven to eight and stuff like that. But to me, it never felt like he was in a rut. You know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. weren't like, oh, come on, man, and stuff like that. Yeah, I absolutely. Just, Definitely not for want of trying. Like, it, yeah. you know, it just, just seems to be we have the players that, that go through these spells, that, that go through selfish spells and go through – Utter just giving, giving their, their, their passes on the line, their bodies on the line. It's just class. They're all out for each other. And um, epitomized a wee bit later, as we'll get on to by Sadio Mane uh, later on in the game. So his goal was uh, 35th minute, lads, and that's 2-0. So we're kind of beginning to alleviate those, those worries. Everybody's kind of sitting back in their chair. Timuchin's recliners almost at full recline and um <laughs> and then Man, you 40- must have a camera or some shit in here <laughs> <laughs> and then the 44th minute comes around and it's it's bobby and it's a one-two with Robo guys the probably the longest one-two there ever will be bobby on the halfway line starts it and two lovely touches on the outside of his boot like he he touched the ball with the outside of his boot twice before even getting near the box. Like, just <laughs> unbelievable. And, like, Parker, like we were talking about last time in our, our, our last Bobby Lovin. We'll, we'll resume Bobby Lovin <laughs> now. Um, so that's not showboating for, for showboating's sake. No. That's not, that's not flair. That's, that's just that Samba DNA that we were talking about. It honestly, it just, and again, this is probably outing me as not being very good at football personally, but like, like I said before, it just blows me away how on such a different level of athleticism these guys are. You could give me that pass a thousand times in a row 
and I wouldn't be able to have that perfect plush soft touch that Bobby had yeah. going towards the box. Like, I, I just, it blows me away that he's so perfect and precise with that. Just completely kills the momentum. It's just brilliant. Like, he, he puts it on a plate, like, and, and then does the, the, tip, the typical Bobby thing, uh, the small things that don't get talked about enough, he follows that pass. A lot of players would sit back and admire their own beauty, you know, but Bobby, no, head down straight away. Like, like a bull, he chased that ball to Muchen and he, he ran the best, the guts of 40, 50 yards to, to get up there. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a hot take right now and let me, let me see what your guy's reaction is. I think Rabo actually underhits the cross. I actually think he's looking for Mane on the right wing. And then Mane on the right wing kind of spreads out and leaves all that room in the middle for Bobby. So it doesn't really matter. I'm not being critical of anything. I'm just thinking to myself, because there's a little clip I seen on Match of the Day where Robbo's like almost looking eye to eye with Mane. Looks like it anyway. But what do you think of that? Do you think he underhits it? I you know what that's funny because when I watched the highlight, I like the main thing I noticed was Mane. Like Mane's movements to like he almost like goes slightly wide a little bit, and there's only one defender and he's caught in between. And if you look at it, you know, the moment the goal is scored, that dude from Crystal Palace turns around and basically yells at his teammates because nobody's tracking back. So he suddenly had two people instead of one. And that Mane's movement creates that wide open space. And but I'm not sure. I, I can see what you're saying, though. Like in terms of Robo, because honestly, I was pretty impressed with how like, you know, Robo was able to get that ball in too, because you see him going with that ball and that ball is bouncing all over the place. And that's the kind of a hard ball to be able to, you know, chip yeah. into a cross as you're running full speed. I mean, it's not like an easy thing to do, uh, especially, you know, be that precise. I can see what you're saying where he was trying to curve it more towards the back post for money, mm-hmm. uh, but he just didn't have the strength on it either, or he didn't get like a good kick on it because he was running full speed. But the biggest thing to me, like watching that was Mane's movements. And, yeah. you know, we always, you know, I think it gets overlooked at how much, you know, how well these guys work together. And, you know, when people talk about being selfish and not being selfish and stuff like that for forwards, I mean, it's not only about passing, you know, that movement there. He could have gone, he could have like kind of like taken a look and see where the ball is and go towards the ball. Exactly. But he makes that movement where either he's going to get open or Bobby's going to get open. Frees and that's so kind of like, I think people don't look at that when they talk about, you know, players being selfish and stuff like that. Because a selfish player would not make that move to create space for somebody else. I think You're the way these right. guys work together, I mean, that's like a perfect example of it. You're absolutely right. That, that run that, that Mane makes in itself is almost like an assist because it provides that room, that, that space for Bobby to, to just do, do Bobby. But uh, I'll tell you why I feel that I think Robbo has underhit that cross a little bit. It's similar, was it last season or maybe the one before, where Robbo puts in this beautiful cross, it bounces almost on the penalty spot and Salah heads it in. I forget who, who it was against. Maybe. You're not talking about the City game, are you? Yeah, that's it. Where it, the second goal? Yeah. So, and I think it was on wingmen where Robbo and Trent, and you know, you know the, what they're like. They're always giving each other stick and grief and winding each other up. Like, I think it was on one of the wingmen where they were talking about that, where he was like, yeah, you've underhit that cross as well, you know? So, <laughs> so maybe that's just been put into my mind from watching uh, the wingmen or, or whatever it is. But um, that's just me. That's just my take on it. So we, we enter um, the second half, um, 3-0 up, that's, that's it. We're, we're cruising now. So um, the next goal is Hendo, um, which we can talk about as well because tonight in the United Kingdom, probably around the time of recording, they're going to be announcing the BBC Sports Personality of the Year Spotty Awards. So um, we were just talking about it off-air there. Um, 
and Parker, you you think you said you you had some news? Maybe was there was there, yeah. Was so there? Uh, we had we cleaned up a few awards. Um, Liverpool as a club won the uh, team of the year. Get Klopp in. won uh, coach of the year, and unfortunately, uh, even though Henderson was nominated for uh, sports personality of the year, he came second behind uh, F one champion Louis Hamilton. Well, I mean. He has a, had a, a great year, so fair play to him. But um, I think we all know who we were voting for in yeah. that one. Um, but yeah, not a, not a surprise to see that um, team of the year and, and club manager of the year because um, he he was just announced as the, the FIFA best manager or team manager of the year as well. And that, that's just brilliant. You know, it goes to show that the levels we're dealing with here at Liverpool Football Club right now, it's un- unbelievable. We are beyond spoiled right yeah. now. That was kind of odd because he was even shocked because I, I mean, I think everybody expected Fluck to win that, including Klopp. Yeah, I mean, because of everything they won, you but can that was you can really odd. make a solid argument that Flick deserved it. And... Yeah, but uh, even if you Klopp's quoted as saying for the um, FIFA Best Manager Award, he said, "If you ask me if I was the world's best coach, I'd say no. If you ask me if I had the world's best coaches around me, I'd say yes." And that's Again, just points to the, the the character of the man. You know, he's always mm-hmm. shouting out everybody around him because he he's not just blowing smoke up our arse. That's that's a fact as well. Yeah. Um, even though everybody would argue that he is the best manager in the world. Um, but yeah, um, Hendo's goal, guys, put on a plate by Trent, but expertly finished as well. For I think that's his first of the year. I think it? it is too. Yeah. Because uh, I know which game was it that I predicted a Hendo goal. Yeah, it seems like a few. This is a, a few couple, weeks back. Yeah, a couple goals back. So you're only a few weeks off. Hey, yeah, know. well, there you go. <laughs> Better late than never. <laughs> Just in time for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hendo was, was quoted as saying um, after the match uh, that there was, you know, sloppy periods. And he, he was probably talking about those good spells that Palace had. So, like, again, testament to, to Hendo, we, we just won 7-0. Uh, spoiler alert for those who were waiting on the score updates two days after <laughs> the fact by us. Um, but, yeah, no, seriously. Um, he He's striving for perfection, even though we won 7-0. You know, somebody pull up thesaurus.com right now because I've, I've ran out of superlatives for the team. I've... I've I've run out. <laughs> can can you help me out, lads? It's it's beginning to take the piss. But uh yeah. Um Hendo grabs his goal and then Salah comes on for Sadio. Angry face. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, Sadio, you gotta love him. In the same vein as Hendo saying there was sloppy moments. Manny just wants to stay on the pitch there, doesn't he, lads? Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I can't blame him. You know, I, I'm i pretty sure don't players get, like, bonuses based on uh, playing time and goals? Yeah, probably. Not, I mean, not, not to, to be... say that Mane's all about the money or nothing like that. Um, but, I mean, I can't... I've never been pulled off a game and been happy to be pulled off. I'll right. put it for you that way. You know, I think that's just... Um, part of the competitive mindset you know no matter what way you look at it whether you want to look at it from the purely financial numbers side or from the personality side no one wants to be pulled off yeah so i, I can't i can't blame them i mean exactly. i think the key is i mean i don't think yeah i mean i doubt these guys think about bonuses and stuff like that to be honest with you i mean i don't think you know the bonus money is not that much i don't think to kind of like affect their thinking but right. any forward playing in that game doesn't want to come out yeah and you guys i mean especially that early you know if money stayed there we're probably we might be talking about like a money hat trick for right. example you know yeah. what i mean so a game like that like nobody wants to come out of no. especially if, if as a forward i mean maybe like you know like midfield you're sort of holding your butt up but i mean as a forward you could kind of tell and you could kind of tell how the team was like everything with touch was turning gold inside the box and stuff like that so 
in the spaces there, you can kind of see Crystal Palace's guard is down. As a forward, it's like feasting time. You know, it's yeah. almost like, you know, like NFL when, you know, like the, the line, the defensive linemen are just like chopping at the bits when a team is trying to come back from behind and you know, it's going to be a pass every time they're like, light them up. Let me get some sacks. So it's kind of <laughs> like the same concept. I mean, it's, uh, I can see him not wanting to come out. I don't know if it was part of the game plan. If the score is not that well, would what Salah come in instead of Taki? Uh, as opposed to like resting money and like kind of like keeping money safe. And it was almost, you can kind of tell like Klopp is trying to keep almost like everybody happy because I highly doubt we wanted to risk, okay, we take money out, so we want to play safe with him so he doesn't get injured and stuff, stuff like that. I yeah. mean, do we really want to risk Mo? No. But I think no. it's a matter of, you know, trying to keep you happy, you happy a little bit. Why don't you go get some goals too? I exactly. think it's kind of like the man management there as well. Perfect man you, management as well. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, sorry. I was partner. just going to say, I think you hit the nail on the head there with that yeah. last point. It yeah. Is... Really did. And um, it's epitomized yet again uh, moments later because Minamino has a, a, a great chance and the camera cuts to Sadio in the stands and he, he's, still, he's still Sadio angry face, uh, which is brilliant because you love to see that hunger. He's not angry at the decision. He, he wants to be out there on the pitch and he, he's looking at that chance that Minamino just missed and he's thinking, I could have probably scored there. Um, but uh, there's a great meme I've seen to that effect and it says, um, it's a great clip of Sadio in the stands with angry face in full effect. And he says, uh, the caption is, I wouldn't want to be a West Brom fan right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, West Brom's our next game. Um, the day after Boxing Day, the 27th Sunday. So um, plenty of rest for the lads in between now and then. But moments after the Minamino chance and Sadio Angry Face, 68th <laughs> minute, Bobby with a, a, a little fast break. Um, Salah's assist for, for Bobby's second, guys. And after the game, Milner made a, a, a tweet on, um, on Twitter and said the lads decided to have a, 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 a best goal competition today, <laughs> which <laughs> is hilarious and also true. Um, if I was to put you under the gun and ask you what was your favorite, let's say, let's say top three goals from today, because um, we're almost getting to the end. Um, so we can talk about uh, Salas' <laughs> next two goals. Um, and what's, what was your favorite goals? Because Bobby's second, for me, it was brilliant. But I enjoyed Bobby's first a little bit more, I think. For me, I think my favorite was Taki's just because, you know, I'm glad to finally see him starting to get, you know, playing time finally starting to get the ball and i think it's just starting to uh to click for him you know mm -hmm. i'll probably go i mean in terms of you know you know the last goal like salah's second yeah that's like wow and it was kind of like like the chelsea flashback or mm -hmm. roma and stuff like that but uh in terms of like how it's created i'll probably go with bobby's first goal uh just because of like all the stuff we talked about how that i mean that is so us that yeah. counter was so us from, I mean, you watch that goal over and over again, which I have, I'm sure you guys have. <laughs> uh, and you see like the moments we get that ball, I mean, great pass out to Robo and you watch the entire team kind of sprinting forward. You can see Taki going full speed. You can see Bobby, Keita's pushing up. I mean, it's just like a full on counter where Crystal Palace is still in shock. And that's why I think, you know, after the goal is scored, you look, we have like twice the number of people as they have in the box yeah. uh, who would have been able to, you know, like get a rebound or whatever the case might be. But yeah, just the way that's created, the way it's finished, not the fact that it's Bobby from the beginning and finishes it at the end. I'll probably go with that one. And, and not to take away anything from the second goal, because the second goal has its, its beautiful moments as well, because Minamino makes that run that kind of gives space to Bobby out left and Moe's able to find him. Uh, it's a lovely finish. I mean, a beautiful goal nonetheless. But um, so after that, uh, after that goal, there's a great clip of uh, Curtis Jones and Klopp on the bench because Cujo is about to come on for Genie. So Cujo and Klopp do a lovely little fist bump um, 
I fear that he was probably shouted at or told off for hugging Nabi Keita so so vigorously <laughs> um, at the Tottenham game. But um, yeah, that was um, that was good to see. Lovely little moment with, between Cujo and Klopp, and then Cujo comes on for Genie, which Genie played a stormer. He uh, did comes off on sixty nine minutes and get some valued rest in those legs because he was everywhere. Um, but yeah, uh, as we alluded to, the, the Salah two goals are coming up now. Um, Ox came on for Bobby as well in the 75th minute, but Salah's first goal, lads. Um, great little knockdown from Joel Matip. And I don't know if you've seen the... Um, obviously, there's the no context Joel Matip. <laughs> all over the place but there was a great little shot of <laughs> of Matip in the mid game where he's just doing a little peekaboo behind yeah behind the, the scrum <laughs> oh it's brilliant but and then somebody some genius decided to put a Christmas hat on him and <laughs> now it's just Merry Christmas from Joel everywhere so great little um, headed down assist from Matip and then Salah knocks it in which is just brilliant but the the piece de resistance, the last ball, lads. So who who wants to lead us through it? To mention, you you talked a little bit about it. Parker, talk us through that last goal and that 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 reminiscent of of Chelsea. Did it did it bring back those memories for you too? I I mean, you know, I think a bit. I think it was just a very clinical mogul. You know, I think that was, I don't want to call it peak Sala because I don't think that would be the uh, proper way to describe it, I guess. If that's, I don't know if that's the best way to explain where my head's at. Mm-hmm. But it it was just a very mo goal, yeah. I think. Um, I read a few facts online about the goal itself. That's... um. A league high for Salah in 2020. So he's got 23 goals. That's more than anybody else. Um, the man's just on fire. Like he's apparently got the highest contribution rate per game in the history of the English Premier League. So it's a 0.97 goals and assists per game. And that's, that's the highest ever. Henri is 0.96. And that's just to, to give you... A, a, a reference because nobody else is near man. That's Henri was the highest. Now it's Salah with zero point nine seven. Um, no player has has more league assists than Rabo. I was reading as well with twenty eight. He's level with Kevin De Bruyne for um, since August twenty eighteen. That's another crazy stat. But um, Salah back to Salah again because the Egyptian king was on fire when he came on <laughs> as a sub. Lads, that was that's. Our first sub that's been directly involved in three goals in the Premier League era for Liverpool. That's just like, I know we said it last season and, and the season we won the Champions League, lads, that we're continuously breaking records. Are there any records left that we haven't broken? I mean, what the hell is going on? Like, it's, it's every day I look in the news, there seems to be another record broken. Like, to mention, I, I don't know where we stand with this. But I don't know. We keep finding them out as they happen to like, oh, I guess we broke another one and stuff like (laughs) that. So uh, I'm sure there'll be more along the way. I mean, you know, like Parker is saying, you know, we're a little spoiled right now. And it kind of shows how spoiled we are when we get a draw and, you know, like a couple of games where we don't play our game and stuff like that. People are in shock. I mean, if you're a newer fan. I guess, you know, if this is all you've been used to this, like this, these kind of performances. And let's be, let's be honest. I mean, obviously we're like, you know, it's a ridiculous score, uh, made it a very easy win, but there were some spots where it looked sloppy, like Hendo was saying in the first half. Yeah. And, you know, something happens like that two on one converse to one one, we could have been talking about a totally different game. So I think the scary part for every other team should be the fact that we are still not in full gear in terms of our gameplay overall. I mean, this was one of the games where everything we touched turned into gold. 
yeah. mean, you can almost like see like the Crystal Palace, especially when that Salah goal, the second one goes and they're like, man, you got to be shitting me. Like everything they touch, <laughs> it like turns into gold. I mean, like how the hell are you supposed to defend any of this stuff? Uh, so I think the scary thing for the rest of the league should be the fact that, you know, we're on top. Uh, what is it, like a four point gap now? Um, yeah. And uh, we haven't really hit full gear. Uh, a midfielder who is, you know, part of FIFA's best 11 of last year has not even like really played yet. And he, you know, like has started practice. So we're going to get Thiago back. Shaq Ox is just coming back. So you get all these people coming back as well. And we're already on top by four points. So I would think that should put us scare into most. Yeah. I mean, and the fact that we're able to perform like this too, with so many players injured, you know, not even to mention defensively. You know, we have players that are normally midfielders playing on our back line. We're missing arguably the best defender currently playing. So I think when we get back on to full force, whenever that does happen, it's we're going to be doing some serious, serious damage. Yeah, I mean... Absolutely. Like, and I mean, I, I, I can't remember where I, I jokingly said it, but I, I was like, yeah, we were in second gear. Yeah. You know, like we won 7 nil, and yeah, like we've, we've said, and like Jordan said, there were sloppy moments. And it, at, at the same time, like you said too much, and everything we touched kind of did click and everything we did touch kind of turned to gold as well. But it, it felt like, well, it didn't feel like we left anything on the pitch, put it that way, but it, things could have, been a whole lot different we had other chances that um that were missed as well but we were in second gear i felt honestly um maybe not second gear but you know third gear anyway but um a great performance and you know the superlatives out there are 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 wasted because we've used them all already (laughs) but um klopp had a, a great couple of quotes at the end of the game he said um in germany we say uh seven one nils is better than one seven nil but uh, he said he can't really argue with the 7-0 anyway. So 7-0 was good anyway, too. But uh, I thought that was great from Klopp. Like, 7-1-0, like, that's, that's the typical German way. Like, no, we 7-0. 7-1-0 is better. <laughs> like, uh, it's just it must be precise. Ruthless, you know, just brilliant. But uh, he, he enjoyed, he, he allowed himself a little laugh at the end there as well. I thought that was great. But... Um, yeah, I saw another mad stat uh, just to throw this one out just um, for old time's sake. So we scored seven past Palace, as we all know. But did you know that that was 29% of the goals that he managed for Liverpool Football Club in his tenure? Wait, what? We scored 29% of the goals that he managed at Liverpool. Wait, what, what, what? Okay, say that stuff again because that doesn't that I'm doesn't not, seem oh, right. That doesn't that seem right. That, I read it somewhere. I, I can't remember if I, I, I backtracked it, I checked it. But so against Roy Hodgson's Palace, we scored 29%. Okay, of the goals. so you mean in general against every time we play against Roy his, Hodgson's Palace? Yeah, against Roy, okay, Roy that's crazy stats. That's yeah. a still that's less. We got to go to the VAR on this one. Yeah. <laughs> it's still a lot. But that's, I, I mean, yeah, that's a large. Because if it is, that is nuts. Because, <laughs> like, does that count Champions League? Because I know we've well, we beat on Palace some. in the Champions League. Yeah, and right, basically, basically against the teams he coached, 29% of the goals. Right. That's from us. That's where I'm that's, getting that's, at that's is. That, right? Yeah, yeah. Even if then it's crazy, but it's kind of hard to argue the point after a seven-zero beating, I guess. But <laughs> that gets right. you way there. But even then, you would think Hartson would have had a bunch of beatings from other hands, right? <laughs> Not just <laughs> us, but. But um, there was some great memes as well floating around. I know we we talked a little bit about the no context Joel Maddock ones, but. Uh, there was one on, on our website, obviously, the uh, the Magnificent Seven one. I've seen that quite a bit. That was great. Um, uh, is there such a thing as Seven Up over here? So Seven Up is, is basically Sprite over here back home. Um, and 
there was a lot of those like Leonardo DiCaprio memes holding a, a can of Sprite. Yeah. Only it used to be called Seven Up, so we were seven nil up, obviously. Um, obviously the the angry Sadio memes, the ones we were talking about, and um, the Milner on Twitter for the goal of the month was just brilliant. So they were some of the the memes that really highlighted it for me. But um, I guess the best one has to be the the no context Joel Maddow Merry Christmas one. Yeah, that's that one's just so great. And uh, you know, I I watched an interview with him. I don't know where I seen it. I think I seen it on some Reddit thread. Anyway, but it's this interview he does for FIFA, and he's talking about the no no context Joel Maddow. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not really aware of it. I get it secondhand through the WhatsApp group on the team. <laughs> so clearly, all all the boys on the squad are just you know forwarding these messages of no context Joel Maddow. Yeah. The, what the what I wouldn't give to just be in that WhatsApp group for oh like just even a day. Yeah. Just because it seems like it's such like it, it seems like they get along yeah. so well. You Absolutely. know? Because like you've seen you can see stuff like um in the uh the Amazon documentary on Tottenham where there are points where the players are just at each other's throats and like you can tell certain players just don't like certain other players and they clearly don't get on well but it seems like from anything i hear from anything i see all the guys on the squad do seem to get along pretty good yeah um, that's like a chicken and egg kind of i mean yeah that's fair when you're winning yeah. Everybody is getting along. And you know what I mean? So it's a lot easier to keep that positive dynamic going. Because, I mean, you never see the Tottenham guys fighting after a good game. Right. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it's – I feel like, you know, I, mean, I haven't been you know, like been on teams and been around teams and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, when things are going well, even if there are little things you don't like, it's a lot easier to look past that stuff. Oh, no, that's – Okay, you know, oh, we'll work on that. That will improve over time and things, but – the moment things do not go well or not as you would like, those little things become bigger, really kind of like, you know, uh, get on your nerves and it becomes the reason why things are not going well suddenly, even though they were probably trivial. So, but like I say, chicken and egg at the same time. So, cause I don't know because they were originally getting along well and it's a good group. I know that kind of breeds success. Yeah. Like, I mean, the thing that sticks out to me is even like, you know, obviously switching from sport to music, you know, it was no secret that there was a lot of infighting in the Beatles, even when they're at the top of their game and probably the most popular, well-known artists of all time. There were still times when personalities were clashing. So it's uh, it's funny that you bring up music because in that uh, in that mad up interview that I was listening to for uh for fifa 21 i think it was and he said um the interviewer asked him who listens to the worst music in the group and he, <laughs> so he said he said i don't i don't like to do this because the last time i done this i got called out by the the guy in 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 person and he's like <laughs> what, what's up you didn't like my music so uh but he he goes ahead he said he said he wasn't going to mention it, and then he goes ahead and calls out sadio mane anyway <laughs> But he also said that um, Sadio Mane is up so early and at the gym so early. He's always first at the gym. So obviously first at the gym gets to pick tunes. So there's no way of beating Sadio because he's always first at the gym. So it's always his music. He says, I'm just getting fed up of his music, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know uh, from the wa- or the wingman, uh, Klopp's big into ABBA. Yeah, yeah. That, which... That's brilliant. <laughs> Can't say I expected that, but yeah. you know. Well, I mean, I, I, okay. So here's the thing, right? ABBA is kind of like everybody's European guilty pleasure. It, it, yeah, they swept, <laughs> they swept Europe away. And that, uh, and I bet that's a I'm generational sorry, Europe, difference. I'm, sorry, Europe, too. I've outed your secrets. But <laughs> I mean, everybody kind of has a, a soft spot for ABBA. Yeah. Like even Robbo, like when he's. Did I let you go, Mama? Yeah, how could I, like I resist the fact that he you? Talks shit, but he knows all the freaking lyrics. And exactly, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think again, that's that uh, generational difference. Because yeah, when yeah. he was doing that, uh, or, uh, Trent and I were just like, "What? <laughs> uh, what's going on?" I mean, I think I could name 
<laughs> Besides Mamma Mia, Dancing Queen. Yeah, I yeah. A, I mean, come on. Uh, that's, that's don't genuinely, even, don't... that might be it. <laughs> really? No Waterloo, no Waterloo. The day my mother, before my mother will be Nothing? laughing her pants nope. off if she listens to this podcast. I, what I is my son there. doing talking about ABBA? <laughs> Listen, mum, you brainwashed me for the first ten years of my life. It's now I'm time time to get my own bag. All right. <laughs> so Parker, now that you're the younger one out of all of us, who's the guilty pleasure now? So that we can kind of like mock people as we see. <laughs> Who would be considered the ABBA of today in the young crowd? Bieber? I think too many people, like, despise Bieber, though. Like, if you ask... Hurricane loves Bieber. Hurricane oh, is actually... Oh, a, well, if I have more me. reason to not like Bieber, there it is. <laughs> Hurricane um, is actually a believer, yeah. <laughs> maybe, like... Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift or something? Ah, yeah. see, I was gonna guess Taylor Swift. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of where my one of the two of them, didn't it? Gut is. Yeah. But yeah, I'd love to know what Sadio listens to. I'd love to get a, a list of Sadio's playlist just just to confirm. Because <laughs> I mean, obviously, music is something that's uh, you know not not to everybody's liking. Every I've got a rather eclectic mix. Um, Abba thrown in there as well. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> But uh, yeah, lads, um, there was a couple of uh, great quotes as well. We were talking about from Klopp. He was talking about the Tiago one. I know you were mentioning Tiago's coming back. He said they were joking behind the scenes about uh, we should see I sign Tiago in January, <laughs> which I just thought was brilliant. You know, that's probably one of those WhatsApp group jokes that, that got out. But uh, yeah, we've got the best coach. We've got the best team. We've done something like a the the best away win we've ever had in our top division history. We've got the best home run in our history, lads. What more can be said? I mean, I, have any has any he's pulled up the thesaurus.com yet? Because I really, <laughs> I really literally have run out of superlatives. Like the Magnificent Seven doesn't even begin to crack the iceberg, does it? No, I mean, it was definitely a. Uh exceptional game by all counts you know i think i think when i was listening back while editing the last podcast you know i think we're all pretty silently confident about the match yeah i think that would be fair to say for me but not confident enough to say oh i'm gonna blow them out of the water like this like yeah like my casual four nil that i got right a couple of weeks ago like right i wasn't I wasn't about to call a 7-0 for that one. That one, I mean, I would have gladly taken a, a 2 or 3-0, you know, but to, to walk away with all 7. Just by and, this and... confidence level, you can just tell I was not on the last podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I was taking the pessimistic side for you. <laughs> he was. He was. But, you know, if you had called a 7-0 there um, and to still kind of be – not completely satisfied with it too much and you'd you'd have been mental wouldn't you you know yeah uh man i mean like you say i was afraid after the Fulham game i i would not be confident i was hoping you know we would come out knowing that Fulham game i mean we even they even like talked about like genie in the locker room like yelling about you know how that's how we should come out and stuff like that and i was hoping you know lesson learned hopefully they will come out with some energy but i mean none of us expected this i mean everything we touched turned into gold and it's kind of like all coming together at the right time as these guys are coming back. But going back to what you were saying, I mean, there's like so much to be, it's not Thanksgiving, but to be thankful for with this team. But um, the thing that I like the most, you know, we were talking about this in one of the, uh, actually in LFC America, I think when uh, we're talking about the Mane celebration. Yeah. One thing I like is like the team, we've had teams before. I mean, you root for the team either freaking way, right? Uh, but there's, you know, there have been times where there has been one or two players that you're not big on or you just, you know, like their personality or they, how they approach things and stuff like that. I mean, I've had the same, you know, like growing up back home with like Fenerbahce and stuff like that. I just feel like this team is so freaking damn likable, regardless of the results. You know, even before they were winning some of the characters that we signed and brought in. And that's partially like I don't know which one 
is it because that's the kind of people we're recruiting? I know we just like lucky. It's a combination. It's like the culture that they come into. So they kind of have to grow into it. Uh, I mean, part of it is the club. Yeah, but even a big part the, of it, I would say. You know, even within the club, we've had players in the past. Uh, maybe we can do a podcast, like a list of people that you were like, not totally sold on. You know what I mean? Like, whereas I look at this team, you know, top to bottom, every like member of the squad. And it's like such a damn likable, positive team overall. And it's just like, I'm. that's why I think, you know, aside from all the records we're breaking and all the wins and the trophies and stuff, it's just like a great time to be a fan of this team. Because, I mean, there's so much to like yeah. and admire. Absolutely. And it- you're, you're, it's a great point you bring up because it's so multifaceted that it's, it's worthy of its own podcast, it's worthy of its own one-hour mm-hmm. talk. Um, I think a great deal of it is Liverpool Football Club. I think the, the Scouse people themselves are uh, an entity onto themselves. They, they're a, a phenomenon. They're... You know, they're, they're off themselves. There's nothing quite like them. Like, I'm Irish, and I the Irish are kind of viewed in a similar vein, but, but the Scouts are, are uh, a total unknown entity to, to, to other nations. You know, they're just... That's the type of them. They're made of stronger stuff, the salt of the earth, and, and it's, it's, it's brought into the light with these people as well. Like even Marcus Rashford and the Northwest in general, like obviously Man United, but they, they do anything for everyone. And the initiatives that, you know, Andy Robertson and, and that are doing around the Merseyside area are brilliant. Um, the togetherness, the, you know, I'd say when you go through such a horrific time, like Liverpool have been through, um, through really through the mud for generations um it builds that character that that oh, it's it's hard to put a finger on it's, it's not that english stiff up or look bullshit it's different than that it's like those people are made of granite you know they're cut from rock they're brilliant people salt of the earth doesn't cover it and mm-hmm. they're just the recruitment is part of that as well because they're obviously recruiting the, the right people with the right mentality um because it's quite easy to see the different side of that coin, the people with the bad mentality in football, you can spot them like a mile away, like, you know, like, like your Paul Pogba's, like your, you know, your, your players that you wouldn't imagine dying for the club, wouldn't imagine, you know, going to war with, with your fellow man, whatever. Right. Um, Well, not only that too, you know, it's about keeping that culture there. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, to put it in a more uh, relatable sense to the average person, I've worked in workplaces where it's been absolute garbage culture at the company, you know, right from head where, to yeah, where you walk in and you speak with the head manager, head boss, whatever position that is in relation to you, they have a crap attitude. They have a, you know, I'm in this for me kind of thing that trickles down. That trickles down all the way down to the dude who bright eye, bushy tailed just started last week. That's going to corrupt that kid. And I think that speaks a lot to the club as a whole that, you know, it keeps that mentality. It keeps that ingrained in them. You know, it's not to say it's impossible to have a bad egg. It's not, but you know, overall, with all the initiatives, we see people doing all the things that we see players doing for the Merseyside community. Um, you know, it just speaks a lot to the ethos of the club. Yeah. But I think in terms of like having a bad, I mean, you are going to have a bad egg here and there. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of like, do you sort that out and remove it? Well, or, I think, you know, like you just go to Pogba, for example, man, I, once again, any podcast I'm on, you guys know I'm going to drill the whole thing. So, uh, <laughs> well, you know, I, let's I, go to Pogba again. Yeah. Like if Pogba is, comes to, let's say, Liverpool. And God forbid, but yeah. Lot, is it the same dude? No, or he not at all. Totally I, different? I think, well. Or a, do we get rid of him because he doesn't fit because he stays the same dude? I mean, I, obviously, it's kind of impossible to predict, but you know yeah. what I mean? I would imagine I, we would change the man, um, but 
you know that that's taken into account in in a in a parallel universe where we do sign him and he does make it through <laughs> our rigorous um scouting department um let's say he does get signed by liverpool i'd say being involved around those so many kind-hearted souls and, and good-natured people are eventually you know th- there's a good person inside him i'm, I'm not saying he's genuinely he's a, very bad, liked dude. a bad like, person you know, within the team he's like a very liked you know joking he's like a popular guy yeah within especially like the younger players from what i understand he just when he steps onto like the that. pitch it just seems toxic you know yeah he just has a shit attitude but that goes back to you know what parker is talking about if the you know the environment overall or how yeah, things yeah, run yeah. is toxic or somebody if somebody toxic is being tolerated obviously you know that breeds more if you can get away Correct, with it yeah. do more and things like that so of course yeah like i say once again i've drilled this is probably we can have a whole podcast on this but it's I a just, great it's oh a great God. topic though you know yeah all the things that to be thankful for i really like that that i can you know the one thing i'm like very proud of being a liverpool fan not because you know we're winning trophies and the history and stuff but when you look at the team right now such a freaking likable team so I'm yeah it's, yeah it's hard to beat um on the pitch and off it's just incredible but um Folks, you know, we're, we're almost at the end. Um, if there's anything else you lads uh, need to add, chime in by all means. But um, yeah, that's it, folks, really. Uh, we've got Christmas just around the corner. So, of course, a, a, a merry, festive holidays to, to everyone across the United States and everybody listening. I know I've got a few listeners back home in Ireland as well. So good, good to see that too. Um, but that's literally the biggest away win Liverpool have had, folks. Um, other notable big wins, 1989, I was, what, five? Uh, Liverpool, nine. Crystal Palace, nil. Uh, Liverpool, eight. Why did you have to rub that in, like, mashing the <laughs> year and then your age? So that I'm mine and I'm like, holy shit, I'm a lot older. You want me to really rub it in, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> I was negative six. <laughs> it's just one of those games, especially with Palace, it, the, the team that we beat, you know. Uh, the 9-0 is something that I always remember older Reds than me bringing up and... and and just being sort of that like gold marker, like I, I'll always remember that. But but there you go. Um, even further back, you go 1902. We beat Stoke City seven nil, and we beat Grimsby Town nine two. Uh, 1928, we beat Burnley eight nil. So there's there's a there's a long history of um, great home wins. But that's our our biggest away win uh, in top flight division history. I think it's something like two thousand games or something ridiculous. Good but Lord. Um, if you're in need of more content, as always, listeners, head on over to Um, Plenty to do there. You've got their player ratings and what matches to look out for and all the rest, um, as well as the women's team coverage and all sorts of good stuff. But uh, as always, lads, pleasure having you. Yep, uh, always glad to be on. Christmas to everybody. Uh, yeah. The holiday season, it's finally here. It's been kind of like a mad rush these last couple of weeks. But man, yeah. It's Not almost, almost glad to see it. So. All around us, children playing, having I'm fun. not that glad. <laughs> <laughs> so on that terrible singing, folks, uh, turn on, tune in, um, block out your earbuds if you're listening to me singing, and cop out uh, with us at americascouser.com. Folks, um, great times ahead. We'll see you on the 27th. <laughs>